Welcome to the Accepted Authority, where we help you solve a common growth challenge. I'm Andy Marmont. And I'm Greg Narowworth. And today, we've got a great episode for you. We're going to talk about how do the most successful consulting firms position themselves digitally? So what are some of the things that the best firms that we've seen do to make them stand out from the crowd and attract better quality clients? Now, this is a discussion that potentially could have been going on for 10 years because we've both seen the evolution of how consulting firms do this really well from the big ones to the, to the really boutique ones. Um, I'm not sure if you know, but consulting.com.au every year, they release a top firm list of, of all these different industries. So um, I've done some analysis with some clients, but also with that list, uh, at least 50 firms that were right up there. And we wanted to share some of the findings, but also we wanted to share uh, what we've seen as well working with our, cli with our clients around what the best ones do and uh, how you can take your, um, your positioning, your messaging from good to really, really great. So maybe, Greg, we can start with, first of all, around what you've seen. What are the firms that you've worked with directly, but also the clients that you've worked with? How do they position themselves in a way that really makes a dent? Mm. Yeah, well, positioning is a really important part of the process of marketing and you know, really being attractive to our potential clients. And uh, so as part of that equation then, you know, who are our ideal clients? You know, we need to position ourselves to them. Um, you know, and I see a lot of consulting firms, you know, particularly on the websites, which is, you know, where we look or their LinkedIn profiles, there's really no positioning. It's, you know, maybe what I would say is promotion, but not per, per positioning. And, um, you know, Positioning is about yeah who are we who are we positioned for you know who do we actually have value for do they know about us so how do we communicate you know who who we are to them and what we offer to them what's our value proposition and and that's probably the next most important part of positioning actually having a value proposition that communicates to our ideal client exactly why they should engage us. Um, there should be no doubt. And, yeah, I see on so many websites or LinkedIn profiles, you know, it's about, you know, who we are and what we do, but it really doesn't actually communicate any value proposition in that uh, process. You know, who we are, what services we provide doesn't actually speak to our value. And uh, I think that's, that's the distinction that's important to make about positioning is that we need to be clear about that value proposition so that our clients really understand, you know, within 30 seconds what our value is to them and where, you know, are we right for them or are we not? You know, are we, you know, we don't want to be all things to all people. <laughs> yes. Know, we can't yes. be. So who are we right for? Who are we not? You know, that's the position in the market we want to decide first and then make that clear to our, our target market. I love I love that, Greg. It's a, such an important distinction. I guess it's a bit like dating, isn't it? You wouldn't just walk in mm. to a new date and say, you know what, um, the sort of person that I want to be with, <laughs> here's, here's a list of 20 mm -hmm. things. 
that I can offer. Um, what do you What do you reckon? Of course, they're going to mm. say no. What are you What are you What are you talking about? Sorry, it's a bit of a weird analogy, but I thought you used the dating mm. reference a few times. I thought mm. I'd bring it out there. So you, you're exactly right, Greg. You know, all, all jokes jokes aside, I think to me there's almost like a a fear in mm. professional services firms where they think that they're going to miss out on not attracting you know all these different types of opportunities. You know, one company I remember speaking to very vividly, and I challenged them a little bit on how they position themselves from from their website. And mm-hmm. uh, the response was, "Oh, well, you know what? We've got twelve different industries we want to work with. I don't want to miss out on any of those." And I guess you look at the homepage and you think, "Well, it's so unclear." There's these big, broad statements that you know that appeal to this you know huge mission. And mission is fine. Mission is different mm-hmm. to positioning or to value proposition or, or uh, you know, I call it a power positioning statement. So mm-hmm. that's probably one thing to just to consider that the companies that that do, uh, that position themselves really well and obviously are super successful, they know their space and they're not afraid to own their the people that they want to serve and the problem mm-hmm. that they solve. So I guess an exercise for you at home is if you can narrow your, uh, if you can focus on one type of client cohort or person one type of person and think about the one major problem that you solve for them and what it results in that's your position statement you put that on your website you put that on the top of your LinkedIn profile you put that in any pitch uh, any marketing collateral and uh, you know you're, you're going to guarantee yourself at least you'll 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 get some inquiry because that it's very clear um, the last thing you want is this broad statement that attracts no one or it attracts the wrong people. And we know how painful that is when companies, when we do some marketing and we get, you know, people that are just, they're just not even in the ballpark and it's just a waste of everyone's time. So, yeah, what you said, agree was fantastic. The first rule of of these companies that were doing a position really well is be clear on who you serve, be clear on the problem you solve. Um, what's next for you? What 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 are the other some something else that? Well, I think yeah, the next step then is yeah, how do you solve that problem? And that process needs to be really clearly mapped out. You know, one of the things that as consulting firms we need to get across to our clients is that we know what we're doing. You know, we we know what we're talking about. We know how to solve their problem. Um, so how do we communicate that in a simple and effective way? And what I've seen the top consulting firms do is that they all have a, a model of how they work. You know, they have a diagram where they, you know, in a very concise, easy to communicate way, you know, mm-hmm. you know, what picture says a thousand words. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's what they're doing with with their models. You know, we've you know, we've got McKinsey 7S model. We've got numerous models that apply to, you know, the way these companies do their work or the way they frame their value proposition. Um, so, you know, the next step from the value proposition is, you know, how do you map that out? How do you diagram that process out in how you work with clients in a way that isn't about, 
the steps you take in the process. You know, pretty much every consulting process is the same. You know, we do an, an analysis or a diagnosis. We then do a transformation and then we do some implementation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, <laughs> you know, it's not rocket science. But, you know, within each of those steps, we need to differentiate ourselves as a firm so that our potential clients understand why we're different you know, why they should use us compared to our competitors and mm-hmm. what we've got to offer. So when, you know, all of our competitors have, you know, a list of their services on their website and we've got a diagram of a model of how we solve the client's specific problem, who are, we gonna, who are they going to choose? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it becomes very apparent that there's a difference about, you know, how we work Um you know, that we've got a process that is proven and, and known to work and that we apply that. So when our clients see that um, compared to a list of services that um, really don't mean a lot to most clients, then we really stand out and uh, you know, our value proposition is easily communicated. I love that, Greg. Yeah, models so so powerful. You know, a quick story about how they can be uh, I was working with an innovation consulting company. They were struggling to really understand how to position themselves or how to just explain what they do. Anyway, I was showing you the our signature system, which is basically a triangle. It's got three problems, you know, three solutions and the mm-hmm. key milestones to do that or the areas you need to focus on. And the more we started talking about that, we started talking about the problems um, in a presentation, uh, our, our innovation consulting firm laid out and created the model. It was pretty simple. It was basically a, a, a chart and it just showed the different milestones along the way. And mm-hmm. the, client, the, the client's client was able to then self-select and say, you know what, we're probably at this stage. And they pointed mm-hmm. to the model and that gave them then the clarity to say, oh, what, this is where, you know, this is where you focus on and therefore it's much easier for me to understand that than if you just said we do seven different things. So bang on, Greg, you're, you're totally right. Models are such a powerful way. And um, and if you're thinking about how do we go about doing that, then, you know, simple, if you want to go super simple, you can use a triangle. I mean, to me, I like triangles because there's three mm. there's three points. So mm-hmm. you, you can usually summarise your approach in three, but You've got a great, I think there's nine in your system, Greg. Is it yeah, well, nine? Well, well, it's three phases, but each of those three phases are broken down into three steps. So, yeah, yeah nine, nine steps ultimately, but the three by three matrix yeah. is uh, another way to present you know, yes. a model. Um, there's also a model within that model that I have, which is uh, six steps to execution. Uh, and, mm. you know, so that is about how do we, um, bringing a client from a stranger to a raving fan, you know, going through you know, the first point of um, um, entering the conversation uh, with our clients, you know, uh, then enrolling them on ongoing communication, educating them, enticing them to a sales mm-hmm. meeting, then engaging them on our first piece of work, and then escalating our relationship so that they ultimately come to to love us and uh, rave about us and uh, you know they enter or help us enter the conversation with our potential clients because they're talking about the great things we've done for them yes wonderful yeah so definitely models is is a big part of it Um, the other area that I've seen works really well from a positioning point of view is uh, is creating 
some humanization. So how do we make our business seem like a human company and not just a faceless company like all the rest mm. of them? So yeah. really easy thing to do is involve your team. We talk, You talked about mission and vision before. Why don't mm. you talk about your vision and your mission on a website in, an, in, in a 90-second video? Get the team along mm. and get them talking about their view and their experiences and what it's like to work there and why they're so passionate about solving customer problems. problems. And while you're at it, maybe bring in a couple of clients to talk about their experiences. And then all of a sudden you've got this business that actually affects humans you know, human people, um, human people, there's a, there's a bit of an oxymoron <laughs> for you. Um, so I guess that that's, that's the idea. You want to really think about the best companies that I've seen as consulting firms do this. They all have a great video or a great way to explain what they do and how it impacts people. So consider adding in and, and how do you bring in your team? How do you bring in your vision? How do you bring in your clients? And, you know, but the case study idea is part of that, or customer stories is definitely part of that. That's probably the the fourth mm. thing that I would that I would look at. How and we, we talked about customer stories a couple of episodes back. So if you're interested in exploring how do you do that, then make sure you check out that episode. Um, but what what would you add to that, Greg? Or what are your sort of view on on how we connect, create a connection with our? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, consulting is all about a human relationship. You know, we don't work with firms, we work with people. And it just surprises me these days about how many consulting firm websites don't have any names of who runs the firm, you know, who, who are the people in the firm. You know, that to me, the nameless, faceless yeah. firm, um, you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think a lot of, con- well, people owning consulting firms undervalue what a website can do for them. And often I hear people almost make an excuse about their website and say, well, you know, our website, we don't expect it to generate any leads for us. So it's more for credibility. You know, it's more when people hear about us or they get referred to us, they'll go to our website and check us out. So it's about a backup credibility, which is fine in itself. But then, you know, I look at some of those sites and think, well, if I saw this site, that would actually undermine any credibility. Mm. So, you know, don't, yeah, don't look at a website in the way most professional firms do it. I think, you know, Mm. copying the example of how most people do a professional service firm website, a consulting firm website, you're actually going down the wrong path. And we need Mm. to be innovative here again. And you mentioned video. I think any website today that doesn't utilise video um, is really under, well, underutilising the the media. Um, you're right. Having you know videos of the you know the owners, the staff, the the team members, you know, talking about their values. You know, why are they in it? Um, mm-hmm. You know, hearing the passion of why they do what they do. Mm. that's got to transcend transcend any platitudes that we typically see on websites. Like, mm. you know, we listen. <laughs> I would hope you listen. <laughs> you know, why is that something remarkable? You know, that so I see on so many firms' websites, you know, we take the time to listen to your, you know, your problems. Well, if, 
If you're not Thanks. doing that, you can't be in consulting. So why even bother <laughs> to mention it? But even, you know, but having people on there talking about how they've listened to their clients and yeah. what what that meant to them when they were able to solve a client's problem and, you know, the outcomes. And then hearing that from the client's perspective, you know, hearing the client tell their story of the journey with the consulting firm and the outcomes that were achieved, that's, yeah, yeah pure gold. Fantastic. So, yeah, I reckon we've, we've covered some key things there around positioning uh, and, and what the most successful firms that we've seen. So really it's about being super clear on who the target market is. It's being very clear on the problem that you solve. It's um, it's creating a human connection and it's also using customer language as opposed to widgets and, and, and products. And if you can focus on in every interaction that you have, whether it's on your website, whether it's on LinkedIn, um, whether it's how you tell your story outside of this, say in, in a networking event, then you're going you're gonna to automatically raise the way that you are seen because instead of when someone says, oh, what do you do? You say, oh, I run a, an HR consulting firm. But if you said, oh, look, I help, uh, you know, I help diversity and inclusion leaders upscale and, you know, improve efficiencies about, you know, people problems, something like that, then you're automatically going to have a conversation to flow from there. So mm. um, anything else you want to add, Gregor, that we haven't covered around this topic? Um, well, yeah, you, you've mentioned LinkedIn, and I think, you know, this is, again, an underutilised resource we have because, you know, as well as our website that people go to, you know, if people hear about us, they'll often check us out on LinkedIn or, you know, typically mm -hmm. at a, a networking function when, you know, you meet people, you go and check out their LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So I recommend we don't have a LinkedIn profile that looks like everyone else. You know, it's mm -hmm. not your CV. Uh, you know, it's a marketing tool. So I think the, the best way I can describe how to approach this is, you know, with our websites, with our LinkedIn profiles, make them client-centric, mm -hmm. not focused on you. You know, it's ultimately, as much as we, you know, think self-promotion is about us, it really needs to be about our client <laughs> because yes. our clients don't care about us. They mm -hmm. care about their problem and the results they can achieve. So when we're client-centric and client-focused on our website, on our LinkedIn profile, we have an ability to connect and engage with them. So then they want to know more about us. But if we start with self-promotion, promoting us, mm. then it's like, you know, the the dating situation or the party, you know, going up to someone in a bar and saying, hey, look at me, aren't I wonderful? You know, that's the biggest turn-off you can ever have. And that's what people do on their website and their LinkedIn profile. Mm. You know, we don't realise yes. that we're trying to make ourselves attractive. We're actually making ourselves unattractive and turning our, our market off. So yes. client centricity is where we need to need to be. Super, super valuable message there. Yes, the, the LinkedIn is really the first step to a lot of, the client research that gets done nowadays, as we've talked about, but we're reinforcing it here. Look at your, your own LinkedIn profile, not your company one, but your own LinkedIn profile. 
because they're going to look at there first. Then they're going to look at maybe your LinkedIn company. Then they might look at the website. So make sure that's all really focused on your client. Great point, Greg. So I think we can wrap the podcast session up for today. Um, where can we find you online? Yeah, well, on LinkedIn, uh, just search Greg Roworth and uh, you'll find me easily enough. And uh, otherwise, check out my website at businessflightpath.com. Great. Um, uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn at Andy Marmont uh, on, and our website is concurve.com.au. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. It's been the Accepted Authority. Thanks, Andy.